This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Deacon Danny Cahoot. For a while now, probably a little, almost close to a year, we've been covering all the mountains in the Bible, starting way back with Moriah. There was probably three months on Moriah alone. Well, we actually, before that, we had three months on Ararat. Now we are moved to Moriah. Then we're, now we are on uh, Sinai. I thought I was going to get out of Sinai, but I'm going to be parked here for a little bit longer because as the scriptures bounces back and forth, I'm going to have to cover back some other things that we've already covered just to set dates and times for where we are heading. Some of them, there's five or six basic things that happened on Sinai. And the first one was when Moses saw the burning bush. That was the beginning of the deliverance of the Hebrews out of Egypt. And then Sinai was where the Ten Commandments were written on the stone. And then actually the entire law was given to Moses to deliver to the people. The whole law, not just the Ten Commandments. The Ark of the Covenant, its construction. The tabernacle, where they worshipped and did, followed up to Canaan. That was done there. So all these things were, were done right there at Sinai. And then they wandered in the years and years and years, 40 years in the wilderness. Uh, And we'll cover a little bit of that in a minute. I've just got so much to cover, so I'm trying to figure out which way to start. So let's go to uh, this title of the message or the lesson today is Crossing Canaan. Because last week when I let off, or last time I taught, Joshua had just taken the, the, the leadership. Moses had died, Miriam had died, Aaron had died, and Joshua now has got the leadership, and he's going to bring these people. And you got to figure it's close to, I don't know, it was 600,000 men at the time they were delivered out of Egypt. That's besides the women, besides the children, besides all the cattle, besides all the ox, besides all, all the stuff. So you're looking at a million and a half people maybe two million, making this exodus. And so when these three great men, or two men and their sister Miriam had died, Joshua has got them at the edge of Jordan with specific instructions on how to bring this massive number of people into the holy, into the promised land. Now, the promised land had nothing to do with anything about the children of Israel, how good they were, how because they were just some corrupt, mouth badgering people. All they did was complain and and all. So this total deliverance into the promised land had nothing to do with anything but other than God's covenant to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is what it was all about. He promised them, and this is where it would be. Okay, so to start with, let's go to Exodus chapter 12 because we're going to set some, got some uh, timeline here on dates anyway. 
Every single thing that happened on the mountain, everything that happened all through the Bible happened on the biggest things happened along around the, the main feasts, the main holidays, the main things that God had commanded them to do right from the beginning. The very first one that was established was Passover, and that was when the death angel passed over the, the, the huts there in, uh, in Egypt. And at that point, the Lord said, from this day forward for the rest of your history, you will honor the Passover. Because you've got to teach your women and you've got to teach your children and you've got to teach your grandchildren what the meaning of this, this is. So in Exodus chapter 12, verse 1, this is right as they were getting ready to make their, their exodus. Exodus chapter 12, verse 1, And the Lord spake to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months, and it shall be the first month of the year to you. This was April. A bit of it. Okay, I'm that, so, so we're establishing that right now, that the, the first month of the year for the Jews is April. They've got another time that they start off their seasons, which is right now in, in this part of the calendar, but their, their, their calendar year starts in April. So I'm not going to cover the actual Passover, but this is, this is what, it, this is why that month was established as, as their beginning of months, because it was the beginning after they had to make their exodus. It happened in April. Okay. Verse 14. This day shall be unto you a memorial, and ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations, and ye shall keep it a feast by ordinance forever. That was April. Okay, now we're going to skip to Leviticus real quick. Hope you can follow me with it. Okay, then here's, here's the Lord. The, the, the Lord has given them specific instructions on, and this is not, not the Ten Commandments, this is the feasts and the holidays. This will make sense here in just a minute as I, wind, as I speed up with it. Leviticus 23.1, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feasts of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. Now, the holy convocation is when the Lord commands the entire nation, wherever they are, to make their pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Or not Jerusalem at this point, but to make it. We're heading there. We're crossing there shortly. I'm getting ahead of myself. A holy convocation is when the whole nation gets together and they honor this feast together collectively as a, as a nation. Okay. Verse 4. These are the feasts of the Lord, even the holy convocations which ye shall proclaim in the seasons. Okay, the 14th day of the first month at evening is the Lord's Passover. This is important as we head to, Cal as we head to Calvary. Because Christ was killed on the Passover. He became the Passover. Okay, I'm going to skip over some of these. The Feast of Jehovah, is, uh, are these were just simply feasts and holidays that the Lord give, gave to the Israelites and said, you will honor them. The Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of First Fruits, the Feast of Pentecost. Uh, we've got the blowing up Feast of the Trumpets. Then you got the uh, 
Day of Atonement, and you got the Feast of Tabernacles, and all of these are, are in order throughout the year. And the Lord had spoke specifically to them and said, okay, ending with the Day of Atonement, it says, verse 24, speaking to the children of Israel, in the seventh month, which is October, the first day of the month shall be a Sabbath memorial, blowing of the trumpets, a holy convocation. You bring them all in because this is leading toward October the 10th, which is the Day of Atonement, when the priest offers the blood sacrifice for the entire nation, the sins of the people. And throughout the year, if they commit sins, if they commit stuff, they get leprosy, they get anything, they can go to the priest throughout the year and bring their sacrifices and, and, and atone for that. But this is a national uh, sacrifice. That in verse 20, 27, also the tenth day of this month, seventh month, shall be the day of atonement. After the day of atonement, atonement follows a five-day break, and then they go to on along around the fourteenth, they go start the Feast of Tabernacles. This is important because even in Zechariah says that even in the millennium, they anybody, the entire world will honor the Feast of Tabernacles. Towards Christmas time, I'll get further into that. Okay, so now we're going to skip into part, really actually that part of the lesson. So let's go back to Exodus chapter 12. I want you to see something here. This is important. Chapter 12. Okay. Verse 37. And then I'm going to... Okay, verse 37. The children of Israel sojourned from Ramses to Sukkoth about 600,000 on foot. See what? I don't know at all, but when I do say something, I'm going to make sure that I'm covering it from this book here. This book is important to me, and I'm not going to sit there and just speak something out of my head. I'm going to, if I say something, I'm going to back it. 600,000 on foot that were men beside the children. And mixed multitude went up with them. That means there was a, a, there were people that were not Egyptians that they were traveling with with them. And we, we covered that a couple of weeks ago, the Samaritans and, and so forth. Mixed with them flocks and herds and even much cattle. Okay, we're going to go, all right, verse 41. And this is important right here too. And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years. They were in slavery 430 years. Hard slavery. These, these Hebrews... That's, 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 that's in itself is mind boggling. They, they were in bondage and in slavery 430 years. Okay. Let's go up to numbers. We're hidden, we're hidden to where I really want to go, but I've got to cover these first. Let's go to numbers chapter. Well, let me back up a little bit first. Let me show you what happened. Why, why Moses actually handed the torch to uh, Joshua. First of all, let's go to Exodus chapter 17. Got a lot of scriptures to cover before I get going, but Exodus chapter 17, verse 1. And the congregation, this is the first time Moses brought water Actually, the second, first time he brought it from a tree, but this, let's go to this one, seventeen one. All the congregation of Israel, so, of Israel, children of Israel, sojourned from the wilderness of Sinai 
after their journeys according to the commandment of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Now this entire, you're talking about a million and a half people coming to a Red Sea and watching it part and walk across on dry ground had the nerve to sit there and complain and murmur and where's my water? I don't have nothing to drink. How in the world can... I mean, I'm looking at from my from logic. If God did something like that to me, I mean, I don't doubt him anyway, but that would seal the deal for me. How these people could not come through there and look back and murmur and complain, knowing that God is going to take care of them. If he can do that, he can give you a drink of water. Wherefore did the people chide with Moses and give us water that we may drink? And Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted and there for water, and the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us out here to Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And Moses went to the Lord, cried unto the Lord and said, What shall I do? This people, they're almost ready to stone me. They were so angry for a drink of water that they were, they, were, they were right on the verge of stoning Moses. And the Lord said unto Moses, on before the people, Take with thee the elders of Israel, take thy rod wherewith thou smotest the river, take in thine hand, behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, which is Sinai, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come out of it water, and the people may drink. Well, he did that. So now let's go to the, to the next one. On Numbers chapter 20. That was the first time. See, Moses knew he struck the rock the first time. I mean, yeah, the first time and brought water out. Numbers chapter 20, verse 7. Back up here a little bit. Okay, let's see. Let's go to verse 2 again. Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm missing a whole bit here. All right, let's go to chapter 20. I mean, chapter 20, verse 1. This is important. you got to understand the frame mindset that Moses and Aaron were in at this point. Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation into the desert of Zin the first month. This is April. They have just erected the tabernacle. They're going to celebrate Passover. And the people abode in Kadesh and Mermon and Mermon died there and was buried. Now that's Moses and Aaron's sister. So here they are setting up the tabernacle, going to celebrate the Passover and their sister died. So they're mourning. Okay, and the people chode with Moses, spake, saying, Would God that we had died with our brethren and died before the Lord? And why have you brought the congregation of the Lord into the wilderness that we and our cattle should die there? Here they go again, complaining, murmuring, never satisfied, never having any faith, never having any trust that God has got their back. And why have you brought the congregation of the Lord in the wilderness? We may die, me and our cattle may die there. 
And wherefore have you made us come out of Egypt? All right, let's go to verse 7. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take thy rod, and gather thou the assembly together, and thy Aaron thy brother. See, here's Aaron's demise right here as well. See, Aaron was not allowed to go into Canaan. and to, He was not allowed to cross. He was in on this. Thou, Aaron thy brother, and speak to the rock before thy eyes. He's wanting you to, 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 to speak and let God work. It's not a physical act. He wants you to, he wants you to see what the Lord can do. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it shall give them water, bring forth his water, and thou shalt bring them, bring forth to them water out of the rock. So shalt thou give the congregation and their beasts to drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord and commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered, Moses and Aaron, this is important, gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear ye now, rebels, must we fetch water for you out of this rock? Here they've just erected the tabernacle. They're getting ready to celebrate Passover. Their sister had died and they're trying to mourn. And all these people are doing nothing but complaining and bickering. And, uh, in verse uh, 12, and the Lord spake, and the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, be, wait a minute, I got, I got ahead of myself. Verse 10, verse 9, and Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he had commanded, and Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock and said unto them, Hear ye now, my rebels, much we fest water of you out of this rock. And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. Water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and the beast also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, because ye believe not to sanctify me in front of their eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land where I give them. This is the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel strove with the Lord and he was sanctified with them. Okay, so here we are. Moses struck the rock. Instead of speaking to it. So he says, okay, you and Aaron, we're going, it is in here too. Aaron and Moses will not be able to cross Jordan. But prior to that, something remarkable happened. Okay. Now we're going to go back. Now we're going to go up to Deuteronomy. So I've laid the foundation there. Okay, there, there. Moses has already been told, you and Aaron are not going in. Your sister's died. Okay, Joshua's going to take the lead, but he does give him specific instructions. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 11. I'm telling you, we're going, we'll speed it up here in a minute, but I have to get these verses in to give us a guide of where, where we're at. Deuteronomy chapter 11. Okay, verse 26. Now here's pretty much where we left off last time. Gerizim, which we're studying, the main study is Gerizim, the mountain of Gerizim. You've got a split mountain, Ebal and Gerizim. And, and, Moses, and God says, okay, when you get, I'm not going to go back further where he first gave him the instructions, but now Moses is telling Joshua what you're going to do. 
When you come into the, when you come, when, once you get into the holy, once you get into Canaan, once you get into the promised land, you're going to stop right there. This is before the conquest of Jericho. And you're going to put the blessing on Gerizim and the curse on the ball. This is where they're at. Because they're going to, and they're going to split the tribes just to do the blessing and cursing. Behold, I set, this is verse 26 of verse 11. Behold, I set before you a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. And a curse if you will not bless, not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside out of the way which I command you and go after other gods which you have not. And it shall come to pass when the Lord thy God hath brought thee into the land where thou goest to possess it. See, these two mountains are on the west bank. Thou shalt put the blessing on Mount Gerizim and the curse upon Mount Ebal. And are they not on the other side of Jordan? He's telling them, okay, once you cross Jordan, once you get across, you're going to come to this mountain. And this is what we're going to separate. The two mountains represent good, Gerizim, evil, Ebal. And he gives up the, the, the conditions of the blessings and the cursings, which I'm not going to cover that again. Are they not on the other side of Jordan? By the way, they were the sun goeth down in the land of the Canaanites, which dwell the champion over against Gilgal, beside the plains of Mori. For ye shall pass over Jordan to go into the, to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you and shall possess it and dwell therein. And ye shall observe to do all of the statutes and the judgments which I set before you this day. He's going back and telling them, he's telling them all of the, about the, all the feasts, all the past, the entire law. He's covering it. Okay. Exodus chapter 17. We'll speed it up here in just a short order. Um, I wanted to show you where Aaron was not allowed to go in as well, but I'm going to have to come back. Let's go to... Uh, hold on. This is, this is pretty cool here too. Let me cover this back. Let's go to Deut- Deuteronomy chapter 12 first. These are the statutes and judgments which you should have dared to do in the land, the Lord thy God, thy fathers giveth thee to possess it all the days that live upon the earth. You shall utterly destroy... All the places wherein these nations you shall possess that serve their gods upon their high mountains, upon the hills and and under every green tree. You shall overthrow their altars, break their pillars down and and burn their groves with fires. And you shall hew down their graven images of their gods. Verse 5. But unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose... Out of the, your tribes you shall put his name there unto in the habitations, and you shall seek thither, thou shalt come. I'm just throwing this in as extra meat for us. And thither ye shall bring your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, and your tithes, and your heave offerings, and your of your hands, and your vows, and of your free will offerings, and the firstlings of your flocks, and ye shall eat thereof, and the Lord your God shall rejoice in all that you put your hand to. See, these are conditions. There's a difference in heaven and anointing 
See, God's going to, He promises to protect us, but He don't promise to totally bless and anoint us. For us to have an anointing and a blessing on our life, we have to do something. Grace is nothing to do with our works. But I can't live a, a hell-filled life and a hateful just causing disruption and all expect God to show me off as, oh, look at him. He did it without this book. Look at him. He, he's a hellion, so I'm going to anoint him. No. You tithe. You give your first part of your life to him. You, 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 you give your all to him, and then God promises his blessings after that. Those are... The blessings, I mean, it's all a blessing to wake up in the morning. We all bless with that. I'm not, I'm talking about a hedge. And there, all right, let's see. Let me, all right, I, I wanted to get in on that. I'm cover, I got more verses to cover on that here in a minute. Now, we're going to jump to Deuteronomy. I don't want to cover the entire law. I'll be here. Another five years. Okay, now we're going to Numbers. No, wait a minute. Deuteronomy 17. No. All right, then we'll have to skip over that. Okay, we'll go to this page. Okay, let's go to Numbers 20, chapter 11. I think that's it. No, 20. Oh, I'm... No wonder I can't find it. I'm in Deuteronomy. I'm going to go to Numbers, back to Numbers. (laughs) Hold on. I got so many scriptures. Okay, here we go. Oh, Miriam had just died. Okay, verse uh, 23 of chapter 20 of Numbers. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in Mount Horeb. Oh, Mount Horeb, that's a different mountain. By the coast of the land of Edom. Aaron shall be gathered unto his people. For he shall not enter into the land which I have given unto your children Israel, because ye rebelled against my word at Meribah. Take Aaron and Eleazar his son and bring him up to the mountain horse. Strip Aaron of his garments and put them on Eleazar and his son. And Aaron shall be gathered unto his people and shall die there. Okay. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Okay, we're going to, I'm not going to cover the death of Aaron. Aaron was died and was buried. Now Deuteronomy chapter 32. We'll really get going here in just a second. I'm telling you, I just had to cover these to lay the guide. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Verse. Let's see, this is the death of Moses. 32, 49, I've got. No, that's not it. For the sake of time, I'm I'm, I'm found, trying to find my scripture that I'm. Vision and death of Moses, that's okay. This must have been 33. Anyway, Moses was died and was buried. 
in, ne- in Mount Nebo. Okay, so now we're getting ready. Now here we are. Now here we are for the lesson this morning after all that. You got Joshua now. Now Joshua has been given the rod. Joshua has given been given command. We don't know a whole lot about Joshua up to at this point, but we do know that God has placed him in this position, and he's overwhelmed at first. All he knows is he was in on that cross in the Red Sea. He was in on all the stuff that God had done. He had seen those that destroyed that went against God. He he had seen okay, but he has also got the command from Moses when you cross over. The first thing you do before you go battle anybody, before you go take any of this, before you go to the man in the middle of the you go to Jerusalem and you go to Ebal. But he's got to get there. Chapter 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead now. Therefore arise. Go over this Jordan. Thou and all the this people unto the land which I give thee, even the children of Israel. He's given them this land, not for anything in it at all that these people have done. Nothing. He's given them this land because he made a covenant with Abraham. He made a covenant with Isaac. He made a covenant with Jacob. And he promised them this land forever. Every place the sole of thy foot shall tread upon, I have given unto you, I said, as I said unto Moses. Verse 4. From the wilderness unto this river Lebanon, unto the great river of Euphrates, and the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun. Anyway, he's just laying out the, the boundaries. Okay, this is going to be really good here, I'm telling you. Okay, but they sent the... Joshua sent out the spies. Well, I'm not going to cover the conquest of Jericho right now. That's not, part, that's not part of the lesson this morning. The spies came up to Rahab the harlot, and Rahab said, look, it's no doubt at all. Now, this is this next story here. You can read that yourself in this, in this chapter 2. Look, it's no doubt in my mind. We have heard the testimony of everybody telling that the power of God is on you in this whole... We're trembling with fear. Don't destroy me and my family. And God honored that. He did, the spies said, okay, you hang your, your scarlet uh, hanky up, the ribbon, and when we come in, you stay in that house. Another type of pestle. You stay in there. Don't come out. Don't go out. You hide, they hit the spies. And anyway, we're not, we're not going to cover that right now. Anyway, so here it comes. This is after that. The spies came back, and here's Joshua leading. Verse 3. I mean, chapter 3. And Joshua rose up early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan. They're on the banks of Jordan now. They're, this is the big day they're waiting for. They're waiting to cross over Jordan into their land. And they, And it came to pass... After three days that the officers went through the host and they commanded the people saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant, this is important right here. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's uh, the Ark of the Covenant represented the power of God, the spirit of the living God. 
This, when this Ark of the Covenant went before the, before the people, they were, anybody around it was just annihilated that was an enemy. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priest of the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and follow it. Go after it. You stay behind the Ark. You follow that Ark wherever them priests lead it. Because if you do, you're safe. You go around, you go around, try to go around a different way. You try to go up and you, you say, we're going this way. We're going. No, it, it, you got to do it exactly like God said. There's a specific way he wants things done. There shall be a space between you about 2,000 cubics, and a cubic is about 18 inches. So you can do the math yourself. Come not near unto it, that ye may know that by which ye must go, for which ye have not passed this way before, hitherto. And here's the most, here's one of, one of them, I've got this outlined in red, black, green, and color, not, not green, red, blue, black, and that's orange. And Joshua said unto you people, this is how, this is so important. When you want the Lord to move on your behalf, the pastor has said this before, you can't come to him popping bubble gum and jingling change in your pocket. It's a holy thing. You have to come to him in humility and humble and in confession and, and say, and sanctify yourself because you have to be clean before you approach a holy God. It can't be just, Lord, thank you for this food and amen. And that's your prayer life. You have to confess and, and get right with God. And when, I'm talking about when you need something in your life, when you need a healing, when you need the bills paid, when you need a marriage put back together, when you need something in your life and you got to get hold of the horns of the altar. You can't just come up there, slap hazardly, expect God to move in that. You can't be, uh, oh, I'm going to tithe this week, Lord. I need you. It ain't going to be, oh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and pray tonight. Where's the prayer life been? And where's your Bible reading been? And where's it been all along? It has to be a consistent walk with God. And then you clean yourself up and you sanctify, Lord, I've been doing all I can do. But now I'm asking on your behalf for something else, something else, something a little extra. Sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. He's not doing wonders for, for the people. See, get this thought. They had these, you're talking about two million people. They had just come through the Red Sea, okay? A lot of those that had been involved in that had died through the walled wilderness. They hadn't seen the power of God. Joshua had to lead them and do, God had to do something spectacular in front of their eyes before they made this move so that when they go into Jericho, when they go into all these battles, when they, go, they God had to move in a supernatural way so that they could visually witness and say, wow, God is with us. They had to see it. They had to see something happen. So Joshua said, look, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord is going to do wonders among you. And Joshua spake to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant, pass over before the people. And they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said unto Joshua, this day will I begin to magnify thee in all the sight of Israel, that ye may know that, that as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. And thou shalt command the priest to bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, 
When ye are come to the brink of the water of the Jordan, ye shall stand still in the Jordan. So what we have is here is all the priests, the Levites, were carrying by staves the Ark of the Covenant, and they're going to go wade into the Jordan, and they're going to stand in the Jordan River. And you're talking, man, can you just picture two million people? Cows, sheep, chickens, babies, goats. Just a massive, I mean, this was just a, it's just a massive amount of volume of, of, of existence. Okay. To stand in the Jordan. And here, and look at, we're going to look at the time of it here. Now, this is not something that just happened like, you know, the next day, the next week, the next month. See, it had been a whole year because the Passover had already taken place when Merimimim died. And they were setting up the tabernacle and Moses was still alive. So this is the following year. We're right here at Passover again. It's not a coincidence that God is going to move on a Passover because a Passover is when the whole nation comes together. They sanctify themselves. They get themselves ready so they can honor God on the feast. So God knows that their heart is already softening because they don't want, it's like you don't want to take communion with corruption in your life. These people are ready to have communion because it's Passover. So God is going to now is the people's hearts. It's like going to a funeral. More, more people get saved at a funeral than coming out off the street just to, just to get saved. When a person's heart is softened, they're more receptive to the power. Okay, verse 9. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither, and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know the living God is among you, and that he will, he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Gerasites, and the Amorites, and the Jephthahs. But he's telling them there's not an enemy that you can stand in front of that he's not going to annihilate because this is your land. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passes over before you in Jordan. Now, therefore, you take 12 men out of each tribe, out of the tribe, you take 12 men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe, a man. And it come to pass, as soon as the soles of their feet, soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord of the, of the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off and the waters that ye may come, that come from above, shall they shall heap up and stand up. So here they are. They're going to stand up there and the whole river's just going to stand up and make a dry ground for these people, a million and a half, two million people to come across on dry ground. Now these people had, these people, a generation had just about passed, 40 years. A lot of these people had not seen the Exodus, had not seen the power, had not seen the glory, had not seen, had, they hadn't, we hadn't experienced what they're getting ready to experience here. And it shall come to pass, well, let me go back to verse 14. And it came to pass when the people removed from their tents and pa to pass over Jordan that the priests bear the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as they bear the Ark, were coming to Jordan, and the feet of the priests bear the Ark were dipped in the brim of the water. For Jordan overfloweth its banks at the time of the harvest. See, this was just, this was even more powerful. It was a flood. This was the time when the, when the, when the Jordan overflowed its banks. It wasn't just a little wading. The river was rolling. 
that the waters which came up from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city. Adam is beside Zeratan, and those that came toward the sea of the plain and the sea salt sea failed. All of the water coming down from the mountains that feed this river was stopped. And the people passed over right against Jericho. The priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant and the Lord stood firm on dry ground. Didn't have to, weren't walking through mud. They won't, you know, the river rose up. That was dry ground. They want a drop of water. They walked across. Not a speck of dirt got on their soles. I don't know about you, but that's just, I'm just trying to envision two million people coming across that Jordan on dry ground. So it, it, it won't just a little path like this. You, it, it, he had to just completely, it had to be another Red Sea experience. First, let's do that again. And the priest, oh, I gotta get, and the priest bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood on, of the Lord and stood on firm on dry ground. Firm! That's another lesson in itself. Stand firm on the holy word. Jordan and Israel and passed over on dry ground and all the people were passed clean over Jordan. That clean can be divided into three different things. Clean from the heart. Clean from no, no mud or no muck on Durham. But clean means everybody made it. It was a, it was a way for everybody to come across. Don't leave nothing behind. Come over Jordan. And it came to pass when all the people were clean past over Jordan that the Lord spake unto Joshua saying, well, I'm going to have to stop. He's talking, we'll, we'll cover this the next time. He's going to set up monuments or, or memorials, stones, one stone for each tribe of Israel so that anybody coming that way, they can look and say, what is the meaning of this? This is when God gave us another great deliverance for our nation. And uh I was hoping I would get to this anyway, just crossing Jordan. I'm going to do crossing Jordan part two next time because uh, there's a lot more to this right here that I'm not going to be able to finish today. But isn't it amazing how it all fits in? And and if you look and if you look at it, uh, oh, let me jump up one thing. First ten of chapter five, just to show you. Let's see, verse nineteen of chapter four. And the people came out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month. That's April the 10th. That's Passover, folks. Passover. That's Passover. They're getting ready for the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But anyway, verse 22. And you shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry ground. And I'm going to have to close with this. I know I had a lot of scriptures leading up to that because I had to cover the death of Moses, the death of Aaron, the death of his sister, those three were left there and Joshua he had to say Lord how can I lead these people the same thing that Moses thought but we're getting ready to to hit the grism and Ebal and we're going to study that blessing and cursing before the conquest of Jericho and then we're going to the next one we're going to cover is Mount Carmel you listen to Deacon Danny Cahoot for more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.